This is Clutch Radio on 1090 The Fan. Now for an inside look into the world of all things auto, here's your host, Dan Rosenberg. Welcome to Clutch Radio. Welcome to the show. I'm Dan Rosenberg, your friend in the car business. Each and every week we talk about all things related to cars. Buying, selling, trading, leasing, credit, whatever. The back, has, the back seat. The back seat, whatever. If it has to do with <laughs> buying or selling cars, we're going to talk about that voice you just heard, of course, is John Hibbs. I'm right here. Here, good to have you. He's the general manager of Rock Rent-A-Car on Bainbridge Island. If you need to rent a car, why not rent it at Rock Rent-A-Car? Because it's on Bainbridge Island, and it's the only car rental place on Bainbridge Island. So call John. Gateway to the peninsula. Yes. Uh, rockrentacar.com. And also, car aficionado, auto designer, and a guy with a really good head of hair, it's Rafi Manassian. Hey, Dan. How you And doing? he's not Guatemalan. Not Guatemalan. No matter what happened on a previous show. So as I've mentioned, we've talked about uh, uh, ReachNow, BMW's new rideshare service. We've used it three weeks in a row to get to and from the studio here, and it's worked out wonderfully for us. And so I thought, I want to find out more information about this. I want to see what's the story. So on the phone right now, we've got the CEO of the company. We got right to the top. We got right to the top. We don't want some some spokesman. We want the CEO. We've got Steve Banfield. How are you, sir? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm excited. I didn't realize you guys just launched like last month. Yeah, April 8th. So uh, we're we're brand new to the city. I mean, we had a little bit of a beta going before that, but but our first public launch, April 8th, uh, and uh, it's been going gangbusters ever since. That is awesome. And so, thank you for, for using us three weeks in a row. Yeah, I because, you know, we, we were, we, we, all three of us come over from Bainbridge Island over to Seattle to do the show, and we were using Uber and realized, you know, at 22 bucks a pop each way, we're, yeah, great. We're saving on parking, but that doesn't help us. And then we we used you guys right. eight dollars each way, and we get to drive ourselves. Yeah. We don't have some crazy guy that we don't know about <laughs> picking <Damn>. us up and <laughs> dropping us off. And we've tried all three cars, and that's what's great is you get a choice. There are other rideshare oh, services, r- other rideshare services out there that have one car, and unfortunately can only seat two people. And there's three of us. But the first day we used the i3. Fantastic car. Brand new. Brand new car. It had 160 miles on it. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So with the i3, those are all pure electric, or do those have the, the range extender gas motor in them as well? They all have the range extender. So you've got, you know, and we, we monitor them remotely, obviously, to make sure they get charged. And once the charge chips below a certain level, we actually send out folks to go pick that car up bring it back to our office and we charge it up we'll drop a new car off in its place. So we try to make sure the fleet stays as charged as possible. And, uh, and, and because you have the range extender, you never have to worry about uh, battery not working. You still got the range extender gas engine. And you say that you monitor these. I'm just imagining that there's a sea of computers and people are there. And when a red light goes on, somebody's like, meh, meh, meh. Hey, there's an I three on fifth street. It's going out of juice. Go there quickly. Uh, something like that. It's not quite a sea of computers, but basically, as you can imagine, uh, part of the way the service works is that, you know, when you when you unlock a car, when you reserve a car and unlock it from your mobile phone, that car is also basically talking to the internet. It's getting unlocked remotely, and so we have the ability to kind of monitor, obviously, where the cars are, so that we can make sure that you know if we need to move cars to an area to um, provide the right level of coverage or make sure people downtown have enough cars. Uh, we can do that, but also to make sure that there aren't any problems. And so uh, if a car is about to run out of gas, one of the internal combustion cars, uh, we, we actually remove it from the app so a user wouldn't see it, but we still see it on our maintenance screen, and we might send someone out to go take care of it. Or if someone reported a car damaged uh, or had been parked and 
somebody hit it or something else happened and a user uh, reported that as damaged or some problem, we would take that off the screen. Other users couldn't see it, and then we'd go out and check it out, make sure it's it's okay, and, and, and fix whatever problem was, was there. Now, have you had anything weird happen yet? I know it's only been a month, but has anybody, like, driven a car, like, to Vegas or, I mean, what happens if somebody just, just <laughs> leaves? What Bir- happens? Birthed a baby in the back seat or anything like that? We have not had any babies named BMW born in the back seat yet. Um, <laughs> Little no Beamer. Um, no mini me's in a mini yet, but, but you know, it's, it's only been a month, so, so you never know. Um, you know, I, nothing, nothing too crazy just yet. Um, there, you know, there have been a few cases where, um, you know, we've, uh, you know, people have kept cars for long periods of time. Um, there have been a couple of cases where people have uh, parked cars, not really understood that the way the service works is you pick up a car on any Seattle street, and obviously you never pay for parking. Uh, and then when you drop it off, you drop it off on another, you know, valid street parking space. And, you know, a couple of people have parked them in private garages and, and other <laughs> places, and we've had to go fetch the cars. And um, so that's caused some, you know, a little bit little bit of consternation, and we deal with that. And, and you know, we've gotten a few uh, a few where people have parked in the wrong place or parked in front of a hydrant or done some things, and you get a parking ticket, and we have to go resolve that. So, but, but so far, no, no crazy stories yet. Now, you know, call me back in six months and maybe I'll have a good story or two to tell. Obviously, this is a, this is a service uh, that's being provided. Uh, it, it obviously reduces city congestion and it's a good thing to do. Uh, and a lot of people who don't have cars and don't want to bring their car into the city, it's a great service, but it's also a product. And so there has to be some kind of BMW uh, long-term or long-range uh, product demand out of it. Uh, I, for one, uh, it has to be one of the cheapest ways to do a uh, a test drive for me. If I'm considering buying a BMW, I just go into the city and uh, I got three choices. I can pick one or two or three of these cars and I can test drive them. It might cost me a couple bucks, but nobody's bothering me. Nobody's trying to sell it to me. And I have to admit, it's a great way to sell the product. It certainly is. And I think, you know, we'll probably see some people that will do exactly that. I mean, that's not the the, the sole purpose of, of reaching out, you know, existing. It's our, our goal isn't necessarily to, to raise, um, you know, BMW car sales, though. Obviously, as you said, if somebody um, starts using our products and starts using a car and they find one they really like and they say, wow, you know, I, 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 I want my own, my next car purchase, I want to be one of these, we'd love that. That'd be awesome. But, um, you know, it's, it's really there to be a service. It's really there to be the next generation of mobility on demand. You know, there's, there's going to be this continuum of some people are going to want a car that's only theirs all the time in a dedicated way. Some people are going to want, uh, you know, mobility on demand, which is what Reach Now provides today. Uh, some people are going to want to be driven. And, and we've talked about uh, adding services like valet and, and what we call concierge, where you need a car instead of you having to find it on the street, we bring a car to you. Um, and so you can imagine other services where um, you you call for a car and then someone that actually has a driver in it and the driver drives you somewhere somewhere to as you said you've used Uber. Um, so we think there's a whole continuum of services and, and by uh, leveraging the fleet of cars we have and it's an expanding fleet we've got about 360 cars now outreach now in Seattle and we're adding another 150 very very soon. Uh, uh, there'll be many clubmen so another four door. Uh, four door mini, so you guys will have plenty of room to stretch out, um, and and you know we're 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 going to keep growing, and expanding, and trying new services. So uh, it is, but but people, you know, I will say to your point about about test drives, a friend of mine was having dinner with him 
we were we were together. I was telling you about my new job. It was before it was announced. And he said, wow, it sounds really great. You know, those i three seem really cool. I've never driven one. I'd like to get a car. He was out in the, on the east side and said, I'd like to maybe get one of those as a second car for my family. And I said, well, why don't you sign up for the service and I'll, and you can test drive it. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah, it'll take like three minutes. And literally by the time we paid for the bill, I was, I was you know, and, and he went through the process with his credit card and his driver's license, went through it. It was all happened through his smartphone. And we walked out to my car. He was approved on the service and I dropped him off next to an I-3 uh, and he, and he took off and drove around and, and, and actually had a great test drive that evening. I actually did exactly what you guys were describing. I think it's the future of test driving. I think it's the future of testing out automobiles. If you're going to go in and engage in a long-term ownership contract, this is the perfect way to do it. Uh, you know, especially with high-end vehicles because they're hard to get to. Uh, oftentimes, you have to go through some sort of pre-approval process uh, if you're going to look at a forty-thousand-dollar car. Uh, but here's a perfect way to do it. And I like the fact too that it, it's BMW. I mean, it's not not that there's anything wrong with you know Hyundai or Kia, but that's just a car. Here you get to drive, you know, a really nice BMW 3 Series or an i3, the ultimate performance machine. That's yeah, right, the ultimate driving yeah. machine. Ultimate so driving. yeah, you st- you still get to drive a nice car. Yeah, and you know, we kind of joked the the first day we drove it, we were driving one, we saw another guy in one. And we kind of gave him the head nod, and he just kind of looked at us. We're like, you know, there should be some official <laughs> greeting that the hey, reach we're now people. Now. <laughs> yeah, it should be yeah, some official. We, we need, we basically need a reach now gang sign that you can yes. flash when you pass <laughs> there you go. one of the cars, so that people know, right? Something. We're yeah, reaching. something we can. We'll have to work on that. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good project for the marketing team now. But but yeah, I, I agree. There's a community that's building, and obviously with with now thirteen thousand uh, people signed up in Seattle, and, and that's growing all the time. Um, you know, we want to try and, and do things to bring the community together um, and, and, and let people, you know, sort of share their stories, share their experiences. And um, as we, you know, as we add cars today, as you guys said, it's, it's 328s, it's i3s, and it's minis in various configurations. And we've talked about, you know, at some point, do we add, you know, some other cars? Do we add maybe some of the X-Series SUVs from BMW? Maybe an, um, maybe an you know, M5. Maybe like an X1 or an X3. <laughs> Maybe and if yeah, that'll be a special that'll right. be a special car just for right, you let's, guys. Let's, we'll have that one reserved. Let's or an I eight maybe. Yeah, let's get serious. I was going to say you put an I eight on that street, and uh, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in on that car. Even if, <laughs> if even if I'm just driving it around the city of Seattle for five minutes, you can put a limit on it, time limit, you know, because you'll have people ganged up on it. So you get your five minutes. You have to be there at 105 or you lose your car slot. Well, going back to the sign-up process, I have to say, you know, when I signed up, I literally, I, I had seen something online about it when you guys were testing here in Seattle, and I kind of followed up a little bit. And we were on the boat on the ferry ride over, and I just looked down and I said, oh, well, the, the app's in the app store. I'm going to grab the yeah. app. And I, I downloaded the app. I signed up. Literally, it was, like you said, two, three, four minutes max. Yeah. And it's, oh, there's a boat right off, there's a car right off the ferry. And I told the, the two guys with me, I go, hey, let's try this. Let's jump in a car and drive over instead of doing Uber this week. Yeah. And it worked beautifully. We're like, wow. And that's how we discovered it. And then each time we said, let's, let's try a different car. And a third the cost. Yes. A so, third. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a fantastic We, we really car. are. And, and you guys are the perfect case study. And I've been saying this uh, internally for a little while. You know, we really do want to reach out to the folks that are living on the islands that, you know, maybe today they're driving their cars on the ferry, um, you know, so now they have to pay the ferry toll, then they have to pay for parking in the city. And they're doing it because they feel like they, you know, well, what if I need a car? 
you know, what if I need something or I need to run an errand or go somewhere and, and I might need that car, so I better bring it with me. And, and to your point, you could save money on the ferry, save money on parking. You know, depending on where you're going in the city, it's going to be cheaper than just about any other alternative. And, and it's free to sign up. So it's totally worth giving a try if you're living on Bainbridge and taking the ferry over. It's definitely worth giving a try someday. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we look forward to uh, watching these cars grow and see different additions, including the i8 for Rafi. Get that i8 out there. <laughs> I'm waiting. All right. All right. And keep the, you guys in mind. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. And then if you if you want to sign up, all you do is go to the App Store, look for Reach Now. Reach Now on the App Store, and you can sign up right on the App Store. I give you the website, but you need the app. And it's super simple. It Super could not simple. be easier. And lots of great technical follow-up if you need it. Uh, they've got people on phone. If you need something from the street, you're there with a the car, you're curious about something something not right or whatever, just give them a ring, the boom, they're on it. And right now it's 41 cents a minute while you're driving, 30 cents a minute while you're parked. And sign-up is normally $39 for a lifetime membership. And right now it's free. So sign up now. Join one of the 13,000 Seattleites that are already signing up. Trendsetters. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to talk about something we haven't talked about yet in all these months on the air, body work. Oh, dear. How to spot it, how to fix it. Ah. Do you buy a car with a tad body work? Is body work a bad thing? Hmm. We're going to talk about that. We're listening. We, you. Hey. You're listening. I'm listening, too. You're listening to Clutch Radio right here on 1090, The Fan. The Fan. The Fan. You're in the clutch. Welcome to Clutch Radio with Dan Rosenberg. Welcome back to Clutch Radio on 1090, The Fan. I'm Dan Rosenberg, your friend in the car business. Rafi's here. Hey, Dan. John's uh, napping. Oh, uh, uh, huh? John. oh, sorry. <laughs> I recently had open-heart surgery. Uh. The funniest story you told me, by the way, I went and visited John in the hospital. I said, so you have any, anything weird happen when you're on the other side? And he's like, no, but I wake up sometimes and I'm I, I'm playing my phone, but there's nothing in my hand. <laughs> that was my biggest withdrawal because I had given my phone to my wife and uh, I would like dream about playing solitaire. Playing solitaire. <laughs> just was awful. It's like, wow, I really got to get a life. Yeah, you got to set that thing aside. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you become a 15-year-old. <laughs> so one good thing about the car share programs that we just talked about is that if you, uh, are, you don't have to buy a car. You don't have to worry about body work. You don't have to worry about repairing things. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, if you have a ding in their car, they're going to ding you for it. But you don't have to worry about driving it to a body shop or taking care of it. And a lot of cars, when you buy them, especially at the car lots, they've had dings. Yeah. They've had door dings. They've had bumper issues. And there are companies that their sole job is to recondition cars. They go dealer to dealer. They've got a little portable body shop, basically. And they come in. They match the paint. They'll, they'll sand down the area. They'll, they'll bondo it, whatever they need to do. And they'll fix it. And a lot of people have a negative connotation sometimes. If they found out there's any bondo on the car or if any work's been done or, oh, this, this paint's not original. That's not always a horrible thing, is it? No, it's not. And, it, you know, it used to be uh, with automobiles that had extensive body damage, um, you know, you're concerned about rust. You're concerned about uh, structural damage, of course. So if a car's been in an accident, you want to be sure that, uh, uh, you know, that it's uh, been properly repaired. You know, the problem, too, is, you know, with Carfax and AutoCheck now, my wife had, a, a when we first moved here, had a, 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 a Subaru Outback. And someone in a parking lot backed into it. Not a lot of damage. Definitely not frame damage. 
just some big scuffing. Well, the woman insisted on calling the police. She wanted, I mean, she's the one that did it, but she insisted on calling the police. So it showed up on the Carfax that there was an accident. Sure. So when you go to trade it in, going back to last week's topic, they go, whoa, you had an accident. This car right. is worth less now. Yeah. But if it's, you know, a, that tiny of a thing, it didn't really affect the car. And chances are the car looked better once it was fixed anyway. Well, and, and just to quickly correct you, there is no frame on a Subaru Outback. Most true, true. contemporary cars, so would you, you, the proper term would be that you'd say it had structural damage. Right, which is, yeah. Yeah, and so that's what you're concerned about. And, and cars that have had significant structural damage, uh, if the value of the repair is greater than the value of the vehicle, then your insurance company will issue a salvage title on that vehicle, and they will take the car... And they will give you the money to replace it, and uh, then you can go out and get another car. But that car will forever have a salvage title, which indicates that it's had uh, um, some structural damage. Now, it doesn't mean it can't be good again. Right. You can take the car to a qualified body shop. They'll have a laser alignment uh, fixture, and they'll pull uh, the structure so that uh, all of the uh, hard points are back to what's nominal tolerance, then they'll reassemble the car, put uh, new fenders and componentry back on it. And for all intents and purposes, it'll be a great car, but it will always have that salvage title on it. Right. It's typically you're looking at a 30 to 40% decrease in the value of a car right. when it's a total loss. And it's been, you know, the insurance company sells usually at an online auto auction, like a copart right. or an insurance auto auction. In the case of your wife's uh, Outback, uh, if the bumper was scraped, scratched, dented, that sort of thing, uh, oftentimes what they'll do is they'll just remove the entire bumper cap right? and they ship the bumper cap to the body shop and it's um, even painted the same color and uh, fairly new cars, uh, one to two to maybe even three years, the paint will match entirely and then they just pop it back into place. Bang, bang, boom. And you're done. So, of course, it's still $900, but. Yeah. So my dad had an old uh Ford Ranger pickup. That was his car for many years. Sure. And that's what he drove. Yeah. Went and got gardening supplies. And so somehow <laughs> it got a dent in the side. Yeah. And he's out doing his yard work one day and this guy pulls up in the in this truck and he hops out and he says, I fix for you. Ah. And my dad's like, what? And he's like, I can fix that. Uh-huh. And he, my dad's like, well, how much? And he was like, uh, $100 or whatever. And he basically bondoed mm -hmm. the dent. Yeah. And my dad never repainted his truck, so it had this patch of pink and gray and whatever on there. Sure. Yeah. So, so, so the, the I fix you for you guy. I would say no. Body, body work for 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah, so, I'd say no to that guy. So what, what basically what he's done is he's traveled on uh, – a uh, urethane epoxy filler, epoxy yeah. filler that uh, and Bondo is a trade name, yeah. uh, but everybody knows it. Uh, and basically, it smooths out the contours uh, from the wrinkled metal. It's the Kleenex of body repair. There you go. We used to, I used to make furniture, and if we had a uh, pine furniture, oh, yeah. and if a big knot would fall out, yeah, you fill it with the. We putty. would fill it with the putty, yeah. sand it down, and we had a guy who was our painter, and he would literally come in and paint. Like the circles, yeah, to make yeah, it look like a wooden yeah. knot. Yeah, uh, I I use Bondo as a, a really strong uh, glue. It's uh, fast drying, quick uh, adhesive, and it does great. You can also use it to mold specific parts if you want, um, because you can pop that piece out of the mold, and it's a nice solid thing that you can shape. And the original 3D printer. Uh, truly, you can do it yeah. that way. But the point being here is that 
you take your car to a qualified body shop and they won't necessarily be using Bondo. They'll use a product called Evercoat, which is uh, a higher level of Bondo. Uh, it's much more refined and you'll get better feathering and finishing. And contemporary finishes now, uh, in most states, you can't even paint a car with uh, traditional lacquer or enamel. You have to use water-based paints. Wow. Which uh, almost all automobiles uh, manufactured today, they're painted with water-based paints. So you have a base coat and then a clear coat. And the clear coat will uh, give it that extra luster. It's also easier to take care of. So if you have it, if you if you've been unfortunately involved in an accident, you want to be sure that you take your car to a qualified shop, one that is has experience with your type of car, and you don't just want to get one estimate; you want to get several to make sure. Now, a lot of insurance companies, and just so you know, insurance companies cannot tell you where you have to take your car. They've got preferred vendors where this vendor has proven that they do quality work, they're certified, whatever required certifications there are, they use the right paint, they use the right products, but you always have a choice of where you take it. However, the body shop, a lot, or the, excuse me, the insurance company a lot of times will say, you take it here, their estimate, that's, that's the number. So you take it to, if you wanna take it to your friend who has a body shop, but Joe's body shop says it's $782, well, your buddy better do it for $782 because that's all they're going to pay. Yeah, and you can actually have that discussion with your body shop. If you have a preferred body shop and you say, look, my insurance company, you guys are going to do the work for $900. They're only going to pay $780. And all, almost all shops will say, look, we'll, we'll do it for the insurance job. You right. know, because it adds to their work and they want to keep their shop busy. And Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times if it's closer to you, it's, it's definitely worth having to drive to the next town because your insurance company happens to recommend but that goes with car rentals too. They can't tell you have to use somebody yeah. when you have an accident. And make sure you get car rental insurance on your uh, insurance policy that you can get a rental when you have an accident. The other thing you want to be sure of too is when you take the car to the body shop, you want to have them check all the mechanical and electronic features. Cars get in accidents. There's lots of sensitive electronic equipment on that car. They'll just look at the physical and they'll say, well, you need a new bumper cap. You need a new taillight. You need a new this. You need a new that. And they'll maybe miss that the wheel got scraped or that the alignment is off or there might have been internal componentry that got damaged or some of the sensor wires have, you know, Or your affected. left turn signal now flashes when you go right and your right sure. turn, you know, and, and then you wires finish, get crossed. you close everything up, you take the car, three days later you don't understand how come that one light is still on. Yeah. I've had that happen. I had that happen with, I, 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 I unfortunately, I rear-ended somebody and when I got the car back, the brakes were screwed up. Like yeah. there was an electronic part of the yep. component that they didn't realize had been broken right. in the accident. And you really have no other recourse at that point because you they've released the car, you've paid for it, and the insurance is paid. So then you have to go back and say, hey, what's the problem here? Right. And there's another issue called diminished value. Yes. When the car is now worth less because it's been in an accident. Like I said before, you know, you go to the Carfax or the auto check or the VIN audit or any of them that list the accident, and it says... This car has been damaged. It's now worth less. Some insurance companies will actually reimburse you for that value. They will also reimburse you if you're in an accident and let's say you, you bend a rim, you blow a tire. you uh, And so if you've bought new tires within the past six months, they'll reimburse you for the tire. They'll reimburse you for any work that you've done on that car, particularly if the car is a total loss. So if you had $3,000 worth of work done within the year, they'll say, well, we're going to have to give you some of that back as well. Okay, so now if, let's say I'm walking on a car lot. Okay. I'm looking for some cars. Right. It says it's a clean title. It says there's no damage. 
How can you, and I know you've got a good eye for this, what would you do if you, oh, oh this car has been painted or there's been body work here? What's, what's a way you can see that immediately? Well, you want to look for any changes in the color of the car. Mm-hmm. And you want to look at the car in bright sunlight. Look at the uh, door cuts to the fender line, for example. Sometimes they'll repaint the fender and not paint the doors. Uh, lots of shops will be very careful about blending the paint beyond the door seams or door cut lines. Uh, so you want to look at that very carefully, see if there's any change in the hue of the car. Brand new cars that have never been repainted, they won't have any change at all as you look around the car. You want to look for that. The next thing you want to look for is look for overspray. Mm. As careful as a shop can be, there's going to be some overspray somewhere. So open the hood, look around the inside, look at the cowl. The cowl is that part where the windshield wipers rest. Oh, I uh, thought that was the new judge on America's Got Talent. Ah, so that's, that's Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell. <laughs> so yeah. look for overspray. If it's a blue car, you're going to find a little bit of blue dust. You also want to look for some uh, overspray in the inner wheel wells. Right. So look underneath, look for that. And then you want to look for things like, simple things like, are the fasteners new? Uh, when you look under the hood, ah. you'll see, for example, the seam where the fender line connects to the hood or to the uh, uh, engine compartment area, uh, the uh, fasteners will have been painted from the factory. So if the fasteners are not painted on the fender to the inside of the hood area, that's another sign that the fender's been replaced. And uh, so you can see some of those things. And a lot of cars have the VIN stamped on the fender, so they have a sticker sometimes. Yes. And if that's missing, that's another way to know. Yeah. And I, you know, it was funny. When I first got in the car business, I remember the, the used car manager, he would touch every car. He'd just rub his hands. And I always asked because he was like, he, it was a big secret. He goes, I have the touch. And always really feeling for is paint seams. Because a lot of times they'll tape down. Sure. And then they spray. And around the bend where you can't see it, they don't sand that down. So you reach underneath the wheel well a little bit and you feel. Yeah. You go, oh, okay. This and, is yeah. nice and, and smooth. And another way, it's not very expensive. Get a paint gauge reader. Uh-huh. And uh, you can go around the car and you can just lay it on the surface and it doesn't damage the vehicle. And it'll, it'll tell you if there's any changes in the thickness of paint in certain components, or it'll also tell you where there's thick Bondo and you'll know then. Yeah. A friend of mine used to have a magnet. Yeah. A magnet will work too. Metal cars. Yeah. You know, and not a lot of cars are metal these days. But yeah. A metal car is like, uh, we were looking at an old Porsche one time and he's like, this whole nose is Bondo. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, with well, some cars are aluminum now. They're building a lot more with aluminum. Yeah, and a lot and, of them are uh, plastic. And aluminum is not magnetic, I found out. Turns out. It turns out. You buy a magnetic sign to put on the side of your aluminum car, and it falls yeah. right off. <laughs> your DeLorean is not magne- magnetic. No, because it's stainless steel. Yeah, As, although some stainless is magnetic, but the one on the DeLorean is not. It is not. And that's actually, I did try to buy a, a magnet that, sign yeah. for it. Didn't fit. Didn't yeah. work. And also, at, at Rock Rent-A-Car, I know that you, know, you have a uh, Ford F-150 the new ones are all aluminum body. Aluminum body. But yeah. the 2013, the hood is, because I remember we tried, when we were doing the parade over there for 4th of July, we tried to put one of the, slid right slid off. right off. Because the hood is aluminum. Now, do you know why they use aluminum? It's lighter. Lighter weight. Any other reason? Yeah. You don't, because the material itself is lighter weight, you can use the thinner gauge, and it requires less tonnage for compression when they're manufacturing, so you have a faster cycle time. Oh. And you can move the parts more quickly. And less expense in running the hydraulic press to uh, stamp out the metal. If you look, and I'll, I'll see if I can put this up on our website, which is clutchradio.com, uh, there's a video of them building Teslas. Mm. And they have these huge sheets of aluminum. Yeah. And they just go in and they press them and boom, here's the body part. Here, here's the body panel. 
it's amazing that they can just take this tube or this roll that looks like silver toilet paper, for lack of a better word, because it's so huge, but in the grand scheme of things, it's just a big roll of toilet paper, and they can turn it into a gorgeous car. Yep. And that's kind of similar to your wood blocks that you have. You're just going to lay. Form it over. Are you using aluminum? Uh, Yes. Oh, so you'll be doing that. Yeah. I look forward to that. Can we put pictures of that as it progresses? Yeah. Once you're done with the car? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, we've talked about body work. If you have any questions about body work, feel free to go on our website, clutchradio.com. Ask us a question. We'll try to answer it in a future show. It's not the honor to body work. Different body work. Yes. We call it ube body work. Ube. 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 Uh, but we have, it's, it's, it's really interesting because people always think, oh, there's been body work done in this car. I can't buy that car. The, the front fender has been repainted. Who cares? Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't matter. If it, it doesn't, doesn't look bad. Now, obviously if it looks horrible, that's a bad thing. Like kind quality. Exactly. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to play the game. The game. The game. You're listening to Clutch Radio on 1090 The Fan. The Fan. You're in the clutch. Welcome to Clutch Radio with Dan Rosenberg. Welcome back to Clutch Radio. I'm Dan Rosenberg, your friend in the car business. And making a face at me is Rafi Manassian. Hey, Dan. John's over there. I'm way over here. Hey. (laughs) All right. Shot out of a cannon once again. Did you have chocolate? What happened? All this energy come from all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, you I'm, woke I'm, up. I'm on fumes, baby. Oh, Bill Clinton's here now. <laughs> all right, My it's time. going to be president. I'll be first lady. Oh, I like the ladies first. I like the ladies first. <laughs> That's right. We got Dolan Clintons. Mm. I did not have relations with that woman because we're. I'm from Arkansas and we're not related. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to play the game. Here's the big voice guy. It's time for, is it real or are they full of shit? All right. You know how it works. I'm going to ask a question. John's going to attempt to answer it and Rafi's going to hopefully give the right answer. Hopefully. Unless I do. All yeah. Right. And then I got to think fast. All right, John, you've heard of the Caprice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had those pants when I was growing up. No, not Caprice. <laughs> oh, sorry. Caprice. The Caprice classic. They were not culottes. <laughs> Caprice. One of uh, Prince's backup singers. Yes. Everything is a Prince backup singer. (laughs) In what body style was the original Caprice introduced? What body style? The original Caprice. What body style vehicle was that? Uh, It was a a Chevrolet. Yes. Tour of the USA in your Chevrolet. And I believe the Caprice was actually in the Vega body style. Ah. It was, it grew. After that, but the Vega, which was their, you know, answer for the gas crisis back All in right. the 70s. Rafi, what would you say about that answer? I believe the Caprice was first produced in the two-door hardtop version. Of what vehicle? Uh, the Chevrolet. <laughs> yeah, we know that. Was it part of another line of the Chevrolet? By any like the Vega? What's he's say? thinking, he's thinking, he's thinking. Chevrolet Caprice. There was the Caprice It was an Classic. option. It was, was an option. It was the Caprice Classic. Oh, you're saying they could get the Caprice version in a different line. Ah. Now well, you're thinking I, like a Vega. It, it's not a Vega. <laughs> it's a Vega. It's not a Vega. It's not a Vega. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, well let's see. Uh, I'll go with Cadillac. You could get the Caprice line or special version in the Cadillac line. It was not. It, the, it was an Impala. The Chevy Impala. You could get a special four-door hardtop called the Caprice. 
in 1965. Wow, that's really... But in 1966, the Caprice became, became its, its own, own line. Yeah. yeah, so the original 1965 ah, okay. Caprice wow. was only a four-door. Boy, that's, that's digging. That's digging. It is. I'm going to have to bone up on some of the obscure model line stuff now. Well, you know all the obscure, like, foreign stuff. It's the, I, the American stuff. I, I know a lot of ex- obscure American stuff, but Caprice... Well, then the Caprice came out also in in 96, if you remember, yeah. 95, 96. They came out with the Caprice. It was the big, huge police car and the taxi yeah. cab and also uh, Buick Roadmaster. They also had the classic, the Caprice classic in the 70s and right. the 80s. And then the Impala was actually an option of the Caprice in, in 95, 96, the Impala SS. They're yeah. very valuable cars now. They're and, very, very... and of course, the, the Im, Im, Impala Clam Diggers. There you go. Which were like Capris, but... Yes, but like Capris. Again, it's not Capris. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's uh, a Caprizi. You know, the mozzarella <laughs> with the basil and a little tomato. Okay, okay. John. <laughs> yes? You've heard of Mercury vehicles, haven't you? I've heard of Mercury. He was the god of speed. No, the vehicles. Oh, yes. I had a what Mercury. What was the first year? Freddy. No, not Freddie Mercury. <laughs> we are the champions. Okay. My friend. What was the first year Mercury was sold? Mercury's were sold. Wow, that's a lot of dead that's air. That's a John. lot of dead air. Mercury, <laughs> I was I was going of, back on my Philofax that's here. That's a big bowl of silence right that's there. That's a big bowl of, okay, uh, 1927. Mm, that's pretty I good. I seem to keep falling back to that year, but yeah, it, it was a good year. I, I, I'm guessing here. I know there was a Mercury in 1936. You know that? Yeah. Are you sure you know that? Yeah, I'm Elliot Ness, that. right? I'm going to say 1933. Uh, 1939. 39? 39. So there was no 36. Oh, that's wrong. Edsel Ford had intended the Mercury to be a luxury division of Ford. Yeah. It was uh, the Mercury 8 was the first one. 95 horsepower V8 engine. Oh, I'm going to find a 1936 Mercury. I had a Mercury Tracer. I had a Mercury Tracer. I'll tell you what I do. I go downtown and buy a Mercury for you. (laughs) All right. George Thorogood. Yeah, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this. Hold on. I think it's 1936. Uh, it was a concept car. 1936. There are some 36 out there. But yeah, they are concepts. Uh, da, 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 well, you're gonna have to start being more specific, Dan, because it says right here, "What if? What would have happened if Mercury had started production in 1936?" I'm sorry. What year of, was that, Dan? Instead of what year? Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> let me finish. Excuse me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Excuse me. How would you like me to answer this? As oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hi there. What would have happened if Mercury had started production in 1936 instead of 1939 Uh, is the question. Imagine three inches longer wheelbase and more streamlined top. That's saying this is the 1936 Mercury that is actually a concept car that came out in 1939. All right. I'm done fighting. Wow, that was easy. Conception of the Mercury (laughs) was 1936. So three years for the gestation of a Mercury. Yes. It took a while. And my other question would have to be, though, if you look at it, Mercury's dead now. Yeah. Because Mercury became just, they look just like Ford. There was well, no difference. Yeah. Well, and, and, and by the time Mercury were, was done, uh, the whole idea of tiered automotive uh, purchasing really had gone away. You right. know, you buy a Ford and then you advance up to a Mercury and then you advance up to a Lincoln and, you know. And then you die. Right. Yeah. But what what's the point now? So But I mean like the Taurus was rebadged as a Mercury Sable. Yeah. Yeah. And the Ford Escort was rebadged as a Mercury Tracer. Tracer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, she was also a Mazda protege. Right, right. Well, what's funny is, do you remember at, at Sam, at our art museum here in Seattle, mm. they had a, a, a display of white mercury... Uh, sables. Sables. Yeah. They were going up and turning upside down and then yeah. landing. One or two of them were, are actually Tauruses. But you can't, I mean, they're, they're so similar that you can't really tell because they're the exact same car. And I think the idea was you had your Ford dealers and then you had your Lincoln dealers and it was a Mercury Lincoln dealer. So you can yeah. get the cheaper Lincoln. It just, it never made sense. Kind of like Dodge Chrysler Plymouth never made well, sense to me. I- ideally, the Mercury would have, as the product offering standard, you buy the standard Mercury, it has a higher level of finish. Right. So you have some leather, you have the sunroof, you have the more of a premium package. Because the doors you're, matched up. Yes, the doors matched. The <laughs> things like the brakes work. The uh, so then then those buyers, Mercury buyers, would advance to the to the Lincoln, but it it just doesn't work anymore, and it, it cannibalizes sales. And you buy high end uh, Ford Taurus, and you put leather in it, and everything. It just doesn't make any sense. All right. Well, there we go. Let's go to go to one more question then to end off this uh, beautiful evening, afternoon. Afternoon. It is afternoon. Yeah. Wow. It's so late to me. What is it? Three thirty already? It's, nap, it's nap time, baby. Nap I know. Time. John, you're contagious. John's on nap time. <laughs> John, what was the first year oh. model year? I'm saying model year. Okay. Of the Chevy Camaro. We're doing a very American car centric one today. Well, Camaro, mm. as you may know, is Spanish mm. for fifty six. Really? Yeah. Camaro. Camaro. Ah. Uh, so 1956. 56. So in six years, we'll have Super Bowl Camaro. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm and it's, going to, to, it's going to be played in Mexico. You're sorry. not allowed to say I'm Super Bowl. I'm not allowed Bowl. to say Super Bowl. So, El, uh, El Camaro Real. Is so when I... When I <laughs> that's, that's a road in California. It is. Okay. El Camaro Real. So, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to say Super Bowl. You're supposed to say the big game. The big game. But I say, what if I had a really large bowl of salsa and it was delicious? It was a super bowl of salsa. Okay, I'm going to ask you just because I got kind of hosed on the Mercury question here. We're asking for the first year of production Camaro, correct? Model year production Camaro, yes. Production. No prototypes. I didn't hear the word production in your question. Uh, what's yeah. the first model yeah, year? Yeah, Thank yeah, you no for the clarification. See, guess. John was confused there because in 1956, there was something that General Motors had been working on. Right. But it wasn't a Camaro. No. <laughs> the Camaro came out first as a production car in 1967. You are correct, sir. Thank you. Yes, it came out An late. answer to the Mustang. It was the answer to the Mustang. Uh-huh. Late 66 is when it came out as a 67 model. Uh-huh. Just like the, the Mustang, you know, people always say 64 and a half. Right. But what they actually, weren't they actually out in 63 originally? No, actually they came out in 64 it and was a half. 64. Because they typically would, uh, new car offerings would come in August, but Ford wanted the car to be released in April. So. Oh. Uh, I believe true. consistent with the uh, World's Fair. Oh, well, there you go. So that's where it came. And the early production Mustangs, the 64 and a half, have four or five slight differences from the 65 production Mustangs. Okay. I could go over those Well, I no, in detail. No, we can do that later. Item number one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me continue. All right, while Rafi is telling us all this information, we're not going to make you listen to it. You can listen to some commercials. <laughs> And uh, when we come back, uh, John, will, John will do some news, and we'll have some uh, more fun uh, right here on uh, this favorite show of mine. <laughs> Clutch Radio. You're listening to Clutch Radio. Yeah, the fan. On 1090. The fan. The fan. The fan. You're in the clutch. Welcome to Clutch Radio with Dan Rosenberg. Welcome back to Clutch Radio on 1090. The fan. 
Uh, I'm Dan Rosenberg. Of course, Rafi and John are here, as always, and uh, we're going to take a phone call. We have a surprise guest on surprise the Surprise guest? I love surprise guests. Oh, my God. Yes. If you watched America's Got Talent- I did. And you remember Kenichi Abina. Oh. Wasn't he amazing? He was amazing. Well, this is the guy that lost to him. Oh. This is the guy that really was the winner, because he's the American. But he got hands-on with Heidi, so- He did. He did get to kiss Heidi. But my good friend, Taylor Williamson, is calling in with a car question, of all things. What's up, Taylor? That's so mean how you did that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, do you do you, you still have some bitterness about losing to Kenichi? I'm over it. Why would I Why would I be bothered by a Japanese man ruining my life? Oh. I was over it. What was the million dollars? Do you have to pay taxes on that? Exactly. Keep it. Plus, wasn't it like over 40 years? Yeah. 10000 a year. I think- I think zero dollars in taxes the last three years. It's great. So your life is great. You're way ahead of him. In uh, in in what way? Because you paid zero dollars in taxes. Oh yeah. Oh no, no he yeah, owe, he owes more than zero dollars. He's just paid zero dollars. Is that oh. what you're saying? I was acting like I I'm poor, but I'm really rich and uh, <laughs> I have sex a lot. Can I say that? So, sure. sure. Say whatever you want. So what what's your car question, yeah. Mister Rich Man? Hey, I have a question. Okay. I've had I've had a lease on my Toyota Prius for two years. Yeah. And like in a year, my lease is gonna come up. So what do I do? Do I, do I keep it or do I uh, do I burn it? Do you do lo- burn it? Well, do, do, do you- Do I light it, on, light it on fire like Breaking Bad? No, <laughs> you don't have to do that. Do you love the car or do you want to get a brand new one? Uh, I like it. There's some, there's some damage to it. Uh-oh. Also. What kind but, of damage? To me, it's fine. But, uh, there's one side, one of the side, sides is scratched a little bit, and then the other side, uh, like, sticks out a little bit. Like, the piece is not connected. Plus, its mother it's didn't love bad. it. Well, it's not that What's bad. How's your, how's your mileage on it? Are you under the mileage limit? Um, I'm at 22290 That's not bad. And what's your... What's probably 36000 is probably what you're allowed. Okay. And it's a Toyota a Prius, which is a wonderful car. What I would say is the new Prius, if you've seen the new body style, is pretty amazing. I would say in a year, you should just go in, turn it in, and get yourself a brand new Prius. That's my recommendation. And But am I losing money by that? Or am I getting money? Or who can just enjoy my life? Who cares? You're so filthy, stinking rich, it doesn't matter. But... What I would say, <laughs> what I would say is, you could almost break even. To be honest, if you go in there and they see the damage, and you say, "Hey, I went over to your competitor, and they said that they would just take care of this and just let me turn it in," will you do that? And they'll probably be like, "Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna lease a car right now, yes, we'll do that." And so you can walk away without having to pay to fix your car, maybe, and then get yourself a brand new one for a similar payment. Also, you could, when you drive up, park it in kind of a, a, a nondescript spot, and then when you walk in and they come out to do it, you'd be like, what the hell happened to my car? What have you guys done? <laughs> yeah. Blame them. Yeah, yeah. That's totally my style. Yeah, what color did you get when you bought, when you leased your car two years ago? Uh, black. Oh, can that's I say cool. that? Is that, is that PC? Yes, you, yes. Can say, you can say black when it comes to colors of cars. What, what else would you say? Onyx? I mean, were you going to come up with the actual... Is black actually a color, or is it a shade? Oh. Well, uh... Um, I remember this from art appreciation <laughs> class in community college years I, ago. I'm keep, I, I have another thing to say, but I'm going to stay classy. Okay, keep it, keep it classy. Keep it classy. Classy, man. Yeah, come on. We're on AM radio. you got to keep it classy. 
can I get a Tesla like you? Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Maybe you could get the new one. Maybe you should spend a thousand bucks and put yourself in on the uh, put a deposit down for the new Model Three that's coming out, or get the Model X and just go for it. Because oh, yeah. we saw one the other week and it is so nice. Yeah, the Model X is gorgeous, and you could get Wait, two, you two or three you of your girls. I'll sell you my Tesla. How about that? Uh, how much? Ten thousand. Ten thousand? No, in in twenty years you can have it for ten thousand dollars. Really? Yeah, what the heck? 20 years from now, I made a deal. I just made it official. In 20 years from today, Taylor Williamson can buy a Tesla Model S, probably with 180,000 miles on it, for $10,000. Or whatever it's, whatever, to, I mean, who? we might not even have dollars then. Who knows what's going to be happening 20 years from now. But yes, you have it. It's like one of those agreements when you agree, if we're both single, we're going to get married. If, if you don't have a car in 20 years, you can have it. What do we do if we're both single in 20 years? Dan's going to shoot himself, but yes. <laughs> We're going to drive my Tesla off a cliff while holding hands, like <laughs> Thelma and Louise. That'd be a spoiler alert, man. Oh, sorry. Bruce Willis was dead. <laughs> who's, who's, who's Thelma and who's <laughs> Louise? Yeah. It you can't do that. It doesn't matter. Hey, I got a question for you, Taylor. You're out and about in the world right now. Where are you performing this weekend? I mean, tonight's it's Saturday night. I mean, what you got to be somewhere on Saturday night, right? No, I have the night off tonight. Oh. But... What about next weekend? We, we want to give you a so plug. I, uh, I'm going to be in Chicago at the Improv June 2nd to 5th, 3rd through 5th. 3rd through 5th in Chicago at the Improv. Have you played that Improv yet? Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. My family comes out, and then they, they say things that are like compliments, but they're also kind of not like compliments, you know? Yes, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> yes, we're both nodding our heads. Yes, the backhanded yes. compliment, yeah. I believe they refer oh, to. Oh, you're that. working. Any, That's uh, good. Uh, have you done anything with AGT this season? Um, no, I, 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 no, but the season is, hasn't premiered yet, so who knows? Okay. I just know sometimes they have you come in and do little funny things. They have, they've had you do that every year. So I think you've been back more than any previous contestant ever. Yeah, they're nice. They're really nice people. But, uh... My dear friend Howard Stern is gone now, though. I know. That kind of changes things. And I know you don't want to say anything bad about Simon Cowell, but... Because he writes the checks. Yeah, he's he signs the checks, and he's the new host. And if you want to back on the show, you better be nice to him. But other than that, he's I... He's a great guy. That's he, all I have. That's my only thought, is he's amazing. Fantastic. He wears he wears a black T-shirt <laughs> like no one else. All right, Taylor... You think you had to... Wait, I, are you kicking me off now? Am I What? <laughs> we're kicking him off. Well, we got to go. The show's over. We, we heard your the, the turn show... signal go, so we thought maybe you were pulling over. The to... show ends very quickly. <laughs> Stay on the line after well, we... we after we go off the air. We'll we'll continue to talk to you, but we have to we have to end the show now, unfortunately, because what? another week has come hey, to an end. Can I say that uh, I don't know who John is, but I like him a lot, and Dan is great, and he he was a great mentor to me in my early comedy days. I'm very grateful to him, and I respect him a lot, and. If you don't listen to this stuff, show you're stupid. All right. We're gonna, <laughs> Thanks so much. There's our new promo. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. Check out our website, clutchradio.com. Thank you, Taylor Williamson. Thank you, Rafi Manassian. Thank you, John Hibbs. Thank you, Derek, who's been manning the board and, and watching the uh, – he does all this. He does the magic he in makes the background. The magic. Uh, clutchradio.com is the website. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Clutch Radio on 1090, The Fan. The Fan. The Fan. See ya. This has been Clutch Radio. To contact the show, email show at clutchradio.com or call the hotline at 1-855-9-CLUTCH. Clutch Radio, only on 1090 The Fan.